I'm Jim Haggerty. You know me as the host of Today Now, but I've also eaten in a ton of restaurants. Now I'm heading out on the road. My mission, find the best pork our country has to offer. And I won't stop until I hit all 50 states. This is Jim Haggerty, Porkin' Across America. Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El-Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Linewall, writer and part of the McKee Storylog team. So today we're going to talk about porking across America. Happy Pork Day. Uh, and if we you really want... are, by the way. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't a joke. There is a show, I'll, I'll explain it in a minute, but that's really what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Um, we're on Twitter at the Story Toolkit, um, and we've got the website thestorytoolkit.wordpress.com. Get in touch with us through either of those, um, and thank you to people who have been getting in touch. Uh, and if we haven't gotten to your suggestion, it's because Bass is lazy, yeah, um, and also because we've got a bit of a backlog and things do take a bit of time to watch and break down. But we yes. will get to um, uh, your suggestion. Yes, and also as I say, we're trying to. I'm trying to think of things that we like. <coughs> that people might not have really paid attention to. And this is a per- perfect example of this. So five years ago, The Onion made eight five-minute episodes. Only five years ago. Five years ago, 2012. Uh, they made they made a show called Porkin' Across America. Uh, this is real. It's on YouTube. You can just watch them. There's only eight episodes. that are about five to ten minutes each. Uh, so it runs a little under an hour. And the show is uh, follows a anchor uh, for the Onion News Network, Jim Haggerty, as he does a reality show called, P- <laughs> called Porkin' Across America, where um, where his whole plan of the show is to eat pork in all 50 states. And he's not going to stop until he's tasted pork in every state. Um, <laughs> and um, so I would suggest it's not long. You should watch that before you listen to the podcast because we will go through exactly what happened. And believe me when I say you are not prepared <laughs> for what happens to this man over the course of eight episodes. It's um, it, <laughs> so it really goes to some crazy places. So spoiler alert! Spoilers now. Uh, Porking alert. <laughs> okay, so there might be there might be a lot of us saying the word pork. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was a, like midway through uh, the first episode, or maybe even the second, uh, and you, see, you turned to me and said, "He says pork entirely too much." <laughs> he says it all the time. And the great thing is, there's so many different way, like words for pork, bacon, and ham, and whatever. He just uses pork. I can only eat pork. Uh, uh, okay, right. synopsis. So here's what here's it. what happens. So Jim Haggerty goes on the road to taste pork in fifty different states, and in the first episode, immediately his wife calls, and she's hysterical. Uh, she's dem- <laughs> she, she's absolutely hysterical because the pipes have burst in the house, and the house is flooding, 
uh, and it's destroying the the condo and people below them and everything. And Jim is just, well, what do you want me to do about it? Call the plumber or like that. <laughs> I'm on TV. And of course, the camera's on him all the way through this. So like, I'm on TV. Yeah, whatever I can. I can't deal with this right now, Deb. I can't deal with this. It's like, where where are you? What are you doing? And it's like, I told you, I'm having my show. I'm porking across America. And it's like, and he just hangs up on her. Right? He just literally hangs up on her. And she's just going, I'll deal with that later. And um, then he goes to taste pork in a restaurant. And what ends up happening is it turns out that what he has done... I love this, by the way, because he's such an asshole, this guy. Like, his wife is calling him up. She, he clearly hasn't told her what he's doing, by the way. Clearly. Because she has no idea what's going on, right? So he's he goes to taste pork in the restaurant. And as he's trying to do the show, he keeps getting calls from his wife, who is absolutely hysterical because the place is falling apart. So she, they have this enormous argument, which results in him getting divorced from her, right? She has him served with the subpoena so that they can get a divorce. <laughs> and, then, and then the poor guy, he ends up, he goes to another restaurant and as his family is falling apart, he's still doing the show. He won't go home. He's doing the show. His wife won't respond to his calls anymore. He goes to uh, another restaurant uh, and that's when he's served with the papers. And he's also discovered that his dog, Nathan, has bitten another dog while in the kennel. He didn't know the dog was even in the kennel. So it's like, why is the dog in the kennel? It's like, what's going on? So, well, I'm afraid he bit another dog. So kennel policy, we have to euthanize him. He's like, wait, wait what? Hold on. What, why is my dog in a kennel? And it's like, no, no, I'm f- that's it. He's got, we've got to put him down. It's like, well, can, can I speak to him? At least over the phone? And it's... <laughs> They put the dog up to the phone as they euthanize the dog. <laughs> and he's got he's talking to his dog and he's going, Poor, that's a good boy, good boy. And the dog's like whimpering and then the dog just the silence <laughs> the vet just says He's dead now <laughs> Anyway So his dog is dying. This is the worst synopsis you've ever done. (laughs) It's still doing the show. And um, so his dog has died. He continues to do the show. He won't stop. It turns out that um, that the reason his pipes burst is because he's been flushing magazines and toothbrushes and everything and papers all down there. So it's blocked the pipes up. And he doesn't understand that you're not supposed to do that. And he goes, well, that's why my identity's never been stolen. <laughs> because he's been flushing everything. And it's just backed up and it's destroyed the pipes, blowing the place out. <laughs> it, he, he gets a call from... He gets a call explaining that his car, his Lexus, has been parked in a, in a, in a car park that's scheduled for demolition. So his car will be destroyed unless he moves. And he goes, but I'm not even in the state. Uh, can't you wait? Say so, no, we're going to destroy it. So he calls his friends to ask, hey, can you move my car? And all his friends are picking his wife's side in the divorce and so no one wants to talk to him. So he gets one of the PAs and he gives him he gives him a bunch of money. Every time there's a problem, he just literally throws a $1,000 at it. He gives the guy $1,000. He gives him some keys. 
his keys to his house and his car and says, go home. Go back to my place and move my car for me. While that, and he sends him off. He then goes back to the show. To, like, all of this is in camera. Goes to the show and he goes like, okay, well, I'm going to, in this place, I get to make my own food. So he goes to make his own burrito and he's doing it really badly because he's not paying attention. He's clearly stressed out and he's just doing it really badly, but with a smile on his face. And the chef is trying to explain to him that he's doing it wrong. So he has the chef ejected from the premises, finishes his, his pork burrito, wraps up the pork burrito, bites into it. There's a bone in there that goes right through his mouth, causing blood to start pouring from his mouth all over his burrito. He goes, mm, what is that? Is that a sauce? So it turns out, and the narration of him is just, well, it turns out bones don't soften like I thought they would. And so... So now he's in hospital, but because he's been divorced, he's known his wife's in health insurance. So in order to fix his palate, they've had to put a swine palate in there. So he's got like a pig's uh, palate in his mouth now. He then goes to another <laughs> goes to another restaurant. This is just as the show is going on. So he goes to another restaurant and um, uh, his wife calls him uh, because it turns out the PA... That a man attacked them. He had to uh, attack her. She ca- he came into the house, stole things, attacked her, and he had the keys to the house. And he goes, "Oh, oh, I sent that PA to move my car." By the way, his car's been destroyed. And she goes, "Did you you put a hit out on me? I gave him a thousand dollars and the keys so he could move my car. You put a hit out on me? I can't believe you put a hit out on me." And so now his wife thinks he's trying. She's trying. He's trying to have her killed. He's uh, he's in a Chinese pork restaurant as this is happening. He drops his phone into the um, into this pan of boiling soup. He puts his hands in to get his phone. He screams in pain. Cut to he's in hospital and this the, the soup has burned the skin off his forearms and hands. So they've had to graft skin on it, but of course they can't really afford because of his insurance. He doesn't have insurance, so it's been grafted on with pig skin. So he has lots of pig skin, and apparently the pig skin is totally fine. Uh, it's not rejected because what's been happening is he's been drinking. He was given it as a joke, but he loves it. He's been drinking gallons of pig's blood. He's just been drinking pig's blood after pig's blood after pig's blood, which is why these um, these grafts aren't being rejected. And so then, then, then he goes to another restaurant, and in this state, his niece is living there. So he goes to see his niece. His niece turns out to be this crack addict. Her house is just boarded up. It's just her there shooting up. So he takes her to rehab. And by that, what you, what I mean is he takes her, puts a lot of her belongings in a bin bag, drives her to rehab, kicks her out of the car and goes, go to rehab, drives off, calls his wife to gloat that he's looked after the niece. Right. And he goes to get more uh, pork. He goes to the wrong place. So he has to eat snouts. <laughs> he's, he goes to the wrong place. He's eating these horrible meals. And then... <laughs> And then he gets the call that his niece was stabbed. Stabbed while in rehab. But he's got to get six restaurants before he can go back, double back and go and see her. So he decides to go visit these restaurants really quickly. And he doesn't have any time for this. So like there's this great bit where he forces people to wake up early at the crack of dawn to cook him pork sausages. They show up, they turn the grill on. They put the sausages on. They're on there for 10 seconds. Yep, they look done. And they go, the grill isn't even warm. And he just grabs it and goes, I've got to eat it. And he starts eating it. So he starts eating it. And he starts... <laughs> I just remember this. The great line, it might even be in the voiceover where he says, like, uh, uh, 
mate, you can eat cold hot dogs, and I'm pretty sure sausages work the same way. <laughs> exactly. So, so he's getting really sick. He's driving through. He's doing this race to do all these restaurants so he can get back in time to go to the hospital to see his niece. And, of course, just as he's on his way back to the hospital, he gets the call that the niece has died. So he doesn't quit the show. He goes, he carries on, he goes to the next uh, place, which is a medieval dinner theatre thing, and he sets up to do a Skype into his, into his niece's funeral. So he's sitting there in a crown with the, all the medieval regalia, people are doing the medieval fighting, and he's watching a funeral for his niece on Skype. <laughs> and of course this this does not go down well they shut the scope down he's 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 drinking more and more pig's blood and the, all the stress causes him to have a heart attack he wakes up in the hospital and they explain that they had to they had to replace his heart with a pig's heart and unfortunately what has happened as well is because of all the pig's blood, like they took to the pig, his body took to the pig's heart really easily, but it rejected his human organs. <laughs> they had to replace all his human organs with pig organs. And he's like, I am pig. <laughs> then he, he goes to a, he goes to a pig fair, and he gets crowned pig master general. They put a plastic snout on his nose, and he's there. And he's doing the whole thing, and he wants to go out. He he goes to do the barbecue thing that you're supposed to do, and um, uh, but he's there on his own talking to the camera, and everyone around him is upset because it's for families only. It's not for single men. And he goes, "Fine, whatever." And he storms off, upset because he doesn't have a family anymore. So he finds an old barbecue in the middle of a field with a propane tank. Just turns the propane tank on, puts the sausages on there, lights it. The tank explodes, blows up, blows all the hair off his face, fuses the plastic snout to his nose, and then he goes to a ward to choose a pig. And so he says he looks a horrible mess. Remember, he's got pig. He's got pig skin on his arms. He's got a note snap. He looks horrible. He's standing there in front of everyone, and he picks the pig called Jim because remember his name is Jim Haggerty. So he picks Jim as his favorite pig, and then they go, "Great! Now here's the knife. Go slaughter Jim." And he goes, well, "I'm not killing Jim." Like that. But, um, by the way, someone called him, and the, the guy who gives him the knife calls him Pig Haggerty. Because <laughs> my name's Jim. Oh, sorry. Whatever. So he refuses to kill the pig. He goes, "How dare? Why are we killing pigs? We shouldn't be killing pigs. All that stuff." And he can't drink pig's blood anymore because he's mostly pig. So pig's blood to him is really disgusting now. So he decides that eating pork is horribly wrong, and he decides that these people aren't his real family. That he should have been with his real family this whole time, and. Um, he runs back home and he begs Deb, Deb to take him back and he's knocking on the door and Deb refuses to talk to him. <laughs> he has this mental breakdown. He kicks over the camera. Camera goes like that. And the last episode is the Onion News Network. It's not porking across America. But they've got an interesting story about the human pig. And there's a farmer who found this weird pig that looks like a man but is a pig because they took blood samples and stool samples and he's just pig, right? But he looks like he could be a person, but he's a pig and they think it's just some weird Darwinian mutation. And the woman who's covering the news story is Jim's former co-anchor. 
So she goes, you know, he looks oddly familiar. All Jim is doing is he's he's just oinking and grunting and he acts like a pig. He's on all fours, eats from a trough. He's he's not acting human anymore. And the camera's there and everything. And uh, they're asking the farmer. He's like, well, you know, I look after him too, like all the other pigs and everything. He seems really happy here. This is his family and all that stuff. And then the co-anchor goes like, you know, I feel like... I feel like we could almost reach out to him. And uh, they offer the farmer if he wants to do a show about the human pig, like have it, give, give him a reality show, put him on tour, all that stuff, all the fame that Jim always wanted. And he goes, well, I think we should just ask the pig. So he turns to Jim and he says, well, do you want to do it? And Jim looks at the camera. He recognizes the co-anchor's voice. And then he just snorts, goes back off to town with him. And go, oh, he's chosen to stay with his family. It's like, oh, okay, well, that was a nice story. That's, that's the end of the show. Right. So that's when you think about where it started and where it ends up. Uh, this guy is doing a reality show and then you just watch his life and body completely fall away until he becomes nothing more than a pig man. <laughs> so to break this apart, yeah, we are going to talk about three tools that you can use in comedy. Right. Um what do you want to start with? I don't know. Okay. It's because I normally make the choices. Yeah, you do. Okay. It was, let's go over blind obsession then again. Okay, so um, Jim Haggerty has this blind <coughs> obsession, which is that the show must go on. What's a blind obsession? So a blind obsession is a comedic thing. In every story, the protagonist has an object of desire that they pursue. In comedy, there is a blindness to it in that the protagonist doesn't fully appreciate what it is that they want to and the risks involved they're blind uh, they're blind to they're blind to the fact that it's an obsession so for example uh, the the what McKee points out in story very clearly is uh, a dramatic character can at any point in the story stop and go this will get me killed Maybe it's not worth it. Maybe I should turn away. Yeah. Comedy characters can't do this. Comedy characters are blind. They just do not realize that they could just stop. They don't realize that they, that this that, that this will get them in so much trouble. They just carry on. And Jim Haggerty's a perfect example of this because he's always thinking like it'll just work out. It'll just work out. Here's some money. It'll work out. It'll work out. I've got to do the show. I've got to do the show. I've got to do the show. Um, <clears throat> and he 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 has all these outs. There's so many times in the show he could just stop. I mean, his niece's funeral, when he finds his niece, when his wife calls him, like constantly throughout the show, he's given opportunities to not do the show, but he always chooses the show. He's blind to it. Um, And at the end, when he finally sees through it, right, when he finally sees through that, um, it's too late. He's lost everything and he goes insane and becomes a pig. (laughs) <laughs> like that's because he, he now his his blind obsession almost shifts and like I want a family now so he becomes pig, um, but it's that's that's the the nature of a blind obsession. You've actually mentioned a few things in <clears throat> uh, in what you just said that I want to swing back around. To. Okay. So if you want to carry on, I'll I'll jump in. No, no, t- tell me. Do it now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, the wording of a blind obsession, I think, yeah. is worth. Um, mentioning it's not remember objects of desire yeah in that sense don't have to be a physical object it's no. something that the character is 
pursuing and the right. same with a blind obsession the wording of yeah. the, the way you worded it I can't remember if you just said it but you did it off mic the way you word Jim's obsession yes um, the show not, must go on the show must go on mm. yeah um, is I think quite a clever way to word it because it means so much more than just it, it sums up his psychology yeah as well like why everything about it right like it's it, it no matter what happens the show is the most important thing yeah when in fact that's just not the case um but yeah it doesn't have to be a physical thing i mean some characters the blind obsession is a woman uh there's something about mary for example yeah the blind obsession is mary uh sometimes the blind obsession is something more abstract like uh fraser being scared of uh, embarrassment he'll do anything to avoid being embarrassed same with basil faulty yeah um, they'll just do anything to avoid it. Basil Fawlty is a great um, example that that the people would know as well. Yeah, I think. Well, and Fraser too. And Fra- yeah. <laughs> um, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, you have characters that we've done a whole thing about their blind obsessions. Where um, that's one of the other things I was going to mention. Um, yeah, we've we've done whole episodes on blind obsessions. There's an old um, episode yeah. we did on Philly, which just goes into the Philly blind obsessions. Yeah, what those characters have, and like some of them, like. Um, Dennis's, uh, sorry, not Dennis, Charlie, one of Charlie's blind obsessions, for example, is that he is an expert lawyer. <laughs> he's just, he's convinced he's an expert lawyer. He specializes in bird law. He specializes in bird law. So uh, sometimes they'll have an episode of Philly where Charlie <clears throat> is obsessed with being a lawyer, even though he's not, uh, to the point where in one episode he uh, demands another a lawyer, uh, he demands to have a duel with another lawyer. Pistols at noon. <laughs> And the other lawyer, knowing full well that Charlie is all, you know, pomp and circumstance, accepts the duel, which scares Charlie, right? <laughs> so it's, it's, you have this whole thing of like, you, the character wants something and they're sort of blind to how badly obsessed they are and blind to how they're escalating the risks. Um, that, so there's that blindness to it. <clears throat> if, if the character's self-aware that you can't laugh at them, because you you get too empathetic, yeah. Uh, and in fact, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a really funny thing you can do. I mean, literally, if you just remove the self awareness of a tragedy character, they become funny. You know, <laughs> and if you make them self aware, comedy character becomes really tragic. I was I, I was going to also bring up Fishcall Wonder as the example for seeing through a blind obsession. Oh yeah, there's a the, a moment. Um, earlier than you'd think in the movie, isn't it? Halfway through or something? No, it's about two thirds. Is it two thirds? Yeah, yeah. Where it's uh, is it Char Charlie? No, Archie. Archie. Uh, Archie Leach. Archie becomes the romantic lead. He stops being. The yeah. Lead. And thankfully, yeah. everyone else in the cast is has blind obsessions. Yes. So that's why there's still a lot of jokes yeah. Yeah, to yeah, come. Yeah. But Archie himself isn't that funny after he sees through it. Mm. Uh, because up until then, he does... He, again, he's terrified of being embarrassed. So you have these wonderful scenes where he's trying to get out of being embarrassed. And uh, when he sees through that and stops caring about being embarrassed, he becomes this romantic lead who pursues um, a Jamie Lee Curtis. Wonder. He pursues her and he's very aware of how dangerous it is and what he's giving up to get her and all that stuff. And he becomes a more dramatic character and we, you know, it's, it's wonderful. Um, but but knowing that 
that knowing the trick with the blind obsession tool that as yeah. soon as your character sees through it the story changes and the comedy gets removed yeah. is it's a very very important thing to yeah. to have in your tool belt yeah and it's important to realize that uh, the blind obsession <clears throat> is is about desire it's not just a quirk it's not just oh they're weird you know it's it's it, there's a reason the word's obsession it's that whatever they want is what they're blind to mm. It's not. It's not just. Oh, they don't realize that they're ugly or whatever. It's. It's not. It's not about that. It's. The, you know what I mean? The great. One of the great things about Pulling Across America with Blind Obsession as well. Yeah. Um, in setting the audience up, uh, is that it does it in the opening titles. Yeah. Uh, he he says the opening credit. The opening credits. He's blind, blind obsession. He says, "I won't stop until I've uh, reached all pork, fifty states, re- eaten pork in all fifty states." So yeah. you know, no matter no matter how bad his life goes, that's it. That's what he's got to do. He's got it. Dog, everything. <laughs> yeah. He won't stop. He's got to eat pork in yeah. all fifty states. And the fact that this is such a trivial, <laughs> trivial goal in relation to all the things that's happening just makes him more and more blind. Yeah, uh, which makes him even funnier, because you just sit there and you go, "Dude, just stop, just stop." Now, I think the the actor is fantastic as well because yeah, Brad moments, Holbrook is is the guy who plays Jim Haggerty. He's excellent. There are moments in it uh, a lot like the uh, Tobias Funke yeah. moment. You're where, absolutely right. Yeah, exactly. Where, he, Tobias. Where, where, where there's just that glimmer in his eyes, he <laughs> realizes just how dark this has gotten, and he chokes it back. <laughs> there is there is something really funny about that that moment where the character almost sees through their blind obsession and then buries that self-awareness back down. Because when you see that, that's just... Re- they've doubled down on the blindness. It's even funnier. <laughs> it's, they are, like, there's, there's bits... In Arrested Development does that. Tobias does it. Job does it. Where they just... There's this moment where they're just about to realise and then they go... The, the, the best bit, of course, is, a Tob- is the Tobias moment you're thinking of, which is when he says to Lucille... Uh, uh, I think you're in denial. It's when an idea is so hateful that the mind literally rejects it. And then Lucille says, you are a worse psychiatrist than you are a son-in-law and you will never make it as an actor because you have no real talent. And Tobias just looks at her, gulps and goes, well, if she's not going to say anything, I can't help her. Which is <laughs> just... That's perfect. I mean, she literally just goes, that's your blind obsession. And he just goes, nope. <laughs> right, just refuses to acknowledge it, because um, of course he thinks he's going to be an actor. Right, that's one of the worst. the other one, of course, is that he's straight and things like that. But um, so uh, so um, uh, t- that's that's uh, these blind obsessions that these characters have. So there's, as you say, there's moments where Jim Haggerty almost sees through it, doubles down on the blindness, carries on full pelt, and then of course it's even funnier, and that raises the adrenaline which of course will make more and more laughs as more and more things happen to him and the and so on so it's it's just it's a it's a tool like you, um the, these the comedy characters need in order to be funny basically mm. um and when comedy characters aren't really working it's either because the blind obsession isn't related to desire it's just this weird quirk see here's the thing the fact that J- jim haggerty the whole show, the whole series, is about him trying to do porking across America while his life is falling apart. Right? They're inherently linked. So you you can't just make the guy lack self awareness and expect them to be funny. It has to actually be tied into the story. That's how the story builds comically. Yeah. It makes you laugh. 
Um, the other thing as well with blind obsessions, I just wanted to mention this like that. So when a character sees through it, mm. um, um, uh, obviously the, the the nature of the character changes and the nature of the story changes. Um, there are moments in some comedies where a character will draw attention to their own blind obsession and yeah. they'll say it. And what it tends to do is get a cheap laugh because the aud- the audience then sort of realizes that it's not a. Um, I don't know. I always feel these things are. Sl- a, 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 it's a bit of a cheap titter from the audience because they're like, "Oh, it's okay." They know that they're yeah. a bit messed up. I'm thinking like Family Guy does this quite a lot. Yeah. Um. um but I, 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 I would err away from stuff like that. I think, uh, yeah, generally when a character starts to become aware that they are not... That that when they become aware of what their blindness is, um, it, it, it stops making sense why they're blind. Yeah. And then they become under-motivated. Yeah. And uh, then what you need is you need, a char- you need the actor to ham it up to try and get the laugh and it just sort of starts to fall away it doesn't really uh, work um, and it's one of the big problems when you have shows that uh, have comedy characters that just go on maybe too long like Friends or whatever just yeah. after a while like you know the character becomes just so um, just they just they start to become a collection of quirks because they don't really want anything and yeah um, but yeah, uh, uh, one person who seems to get away with it though is Will Ferrell, because <laughs> Will Ferrell will do things where the character actively states how stupid and blind they are, and yet you oh, laugh he does. anyway. He does. he does it all the time. Milk uh, was a bad choice. Right is a really is a, a really good example of that in Anchorman, yeah. and it's such a funny line, and people quote. I know people yeah. that quote it all the time. Milk but was that a bad is, choice. Yeah, that's exactly. Right, the kind of uh, uh, gag we're talking about. So maybe, yeah, maybe it does work. But well, it, well, the thing with Anchorman um, is, so Anchorman is kind of a loose s- collection of sketches, <laughs> right? Improv sketches and stuff. But he does this in Eastbound and Down as well, which is really funny. Yeah. Uh, where uh, what what so Will Ferrell gag. likes to do a lot of the time is he likes to take what should be subtext and stick it directly onto the text. Right, that's what he likes to do. Like he takes what the character is thinking and feeling, and has him directly say what the character is thinking and feeling. And when Will Ferrell does it, I mean, we should no, no just talk, we're Will just talking Ferrell. about Will Ferrell. We'll do we'll do another one. We'll talk about Will Ferrell. Finish the thought. The, 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 my thinking is that when when Will Ferrell does that, he adds something else there. You're not laughing at because milk was a bad choice. <laughs> You laugh because, like, how stupid is this guy? <laughs> right? Like, milk. What does that mean? It's just nonsense, right? He doesn't. Anchorman doesn't like stop and go. You know what? Actually, I am a terrible misogynist. He doesn't. He doesn't see through those things. He doesn't see through what's important. He sees these superficial moments and just regrets. And it's just like he doesn't learn from it. He doesn't learn at all. So the the, the blindness, the, the 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 fact that he suddenly knows what he's done doesn't mean anything because we know he doesn't really hasn't hasn't sat hasn't sat in there. Um, because you see, here's the thing. Let's do one on Anchorman. We could. Here's the thing. When um when a character sees through their blind obsession, it hurts. Yeah. Right. And 
comedy doesn't hurt. Not really. Will Ferrell, oh, it doesn't really hurt. Oh, segue. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's me stating. <laughs> well exactly done. What we're doing. Well done, Mr. Ferrell. You. You've learnt nothing. Uh, it doesn't really hurt Will Ferrell when he sees through it because it, it, he hasn't really seen through it. Similarly, it doesn't really count. And Jim Haggerty doesn't doesn't get hurt. This like, is the, by the way, this is the second of the tools that Porky oh, okay. Mac uses. There's no, there's no pain. There's a bit, as I pointed out, we'll explain this. He eats a burrito, a pork burrito. The bone pierces his mouth. And his response is, and you hear the bone. You hear the crunch. You hear it all. And, and blood just oozes straight out of his mouth. And he goes, hmm, is that sauce? It's kind of tangy. That's his response. Not ow. Not this. When it has him cut to the hospital, he's bewildered why he's even there. He doesn't understand it, right? There's a bit where um, he puts his hands into the soup and he screams in pain. Cut immediately to the hospital and he's fine, right? Uh, the <laughs> barbecue blows up in his face. He loses all the hair on his face. The pig snout is fused, gets up like a cartoon character, walks straight to the pigmaster general to, to announce which pig is going to get slaughtered. He just... And also, at the same time, he's going through enormous emotional pain as his wife leaves him, his his dog dies, and what does he do? Well, can't wait around here. I'm going to get some more pork. <laughs> right? Like, he doesn't... It doesn't... It's just, he just bounces back. He just keeps going. And so that's part of how it's blind, the obsession. Right? They're not... They're blind to the pain. They're blind to this. There's a numbness in the character. That makes them funny because they are not reacting the way that they should be. And it's that distancing mechanism that helps you laugh at them. There's um, there's an explanation that's lacking from the phrase it, uh, it doesn't hurt or comedy doesn't hurt, which yeah. is, is is one of the tropes because the, the standard counter-argument is South Park, etc. Right. It doesn't really hurt. It doesn't really hurt. No. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really hurt. Even if they're crawling around in pain, there's some way that you tell yourself that doesn't hurt. In South Park, it's because it's a badly drawn cartoon. Yeah. Right? They're not real. Yeah. So when you have these ridiculous things happen, it's, you know, it doesn't actually hurt because it's just, it's so ridiculous. Britney Spears has an entire episode where she's missing half her head. Right. One of my favourite bits is the the homeless zombie episode and the scientist is uh, being overrun by homeless people and he doesn't want to turn into a homeless man because that's the gag, right? They go around saying change instead of brains, right? And he goes, I'm going to take the easy way out. He pulls a pistol, puts it to his head. The camera cuts out of his house and you hear the bang. Then it cuts back into the house and he's still alive with blood pouring. He goes, ah, ah, ah. And he pulls the gun, puts it, goes, puts it to, his, <laughs> to his mouth. Cuts, it cuts out of his house. Bang. Cuts back in. He's, ah, i <laughs> They do it repeatedly, that gag, again and again. And it's hilarious, right? And it's like, why? Because it doesn't, but it doesn't really hurt, right? Because he's still trying. <laughs> he's fell. And he's a cartoon. He's not real and so Um, but you could easily make that scene not funny at all. Yeah. Uh, you could just make it grotesque. Um, but I, but um, it doesn't really hurt. So Jim Haggerty doesn't really hurt. He's blind. This, there's a numbness to him. Doesn't this doesn't mean, maybe it's just me. It doesn't mean it's not an uncomfortable watch sometimes. Yeah, d- d- like, there discomfort is... is not the same as pain. Like, no, no, In no, fact, no. black comedy, the way black comedy works, gallows humour works, is you go, is the more painful it gets, the funnier it becomes. But there's there's still a point where it's too much. Yeah. Um, so you're you're riding right up to that line 
You're skirting that line as close as you can. The more aggressive, the more harsh, the more mean something can be, the funnier it can be. Because it's kind of like... Um, you could think of it like a sort of, I guess, uh, an elastic band or a circle or whatever. You go too far and it snaps back. But if you can pull, it's the fun of it is seeing how far you can really go. And like with with Porkin, how far can Porkin across America go? Well, it can take a regular news anchor and head of a show and turn him into a pig. Which leads to the final comedy tool, which is the... Um uh, taking a character from bad to worse. Yeah, so when you have these elements put into these characters where they've got this blind obsession and and as an aspect of that blindness, it means they, they're not really getting hurt. You have this, and they can't turn back, you have this thing where you can literally say to yourself, what's the worst thing I can do to this character? And because they have this blind obsession, it means it's a point of no return. They just, they won't turn back. And so you, you put them in this situation and you go like, what what would the character do to carry on? Like, wh- wh- you know, what can I put, what can I push this character into doing by trying to take away what he wants, knowing full well that no matter what I do, he won't stop and he can't really be hurt, right? And so you start, to, you start, you start plumbing the depths of what you could do to a person. And one of the reasons, I mean, I saw Porky Across America, I guess, years ago, right? Yeah. And one of the reasons I've, I've mentioned it to you, and I mentioned it, and it, it I mean, it, I don't know if it got any traction this thing at all. I noticed on um, <clears throat> when you brought it up earlier, the YouTube video got something like eighty-five thousand views, which is a nice chunk, but it's not viral. It's not. Yeah. It, it was. It never went big or anything. And I'm like, it's hilarious. You, I, I've never, I've never seen it. I've never seen anything this, like this, where you, I mean, you watch the show and you think this seems really normal, but by the end of the show, he's become a human pig. He's become a human pig. Like he's, he essentially, he goes out to eat pork and becomes a pig, right? Slowly, piece by piece, because of alterations that happen to him surgically because of accidents he gets into. And at no point does he say, I'm not going to do this anymore until the very end. And by that point, he's lost the show anyway. Because if you remember, he the show um, is done. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. He's lost the show. Um, so he's he's not... I mean, he has so many opportunities to not be in this situation. And everything is his fault. Everything is his fault. It gets... It's neatly it's neatly done, particularly with all the stuff that happens off camera as right. well. It, everything is his fault. Like the in the first episode, you hear the pipes burst. Yeah. Fine, you move on. But then in it's either later that episode or the second episode where you find out it's because he's been flushing stuff down the toilet. Exactly. Why is his car about to be imploded? Well, he parked it there and didn't bother to check. Yeah. Why is his dog about to get? Well, he got put into a kennel and he didn't bother to check. Why is his niece dead? Because she he put her in rehab. Right, everything is his fault. He's he's the reason all the bad things in his life happen to him. It's all his own fault, and so, right? It's he's um, and 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 you know why does he get injured? He gets injured throughout the thing because he doesn't listen to the people who actually cook. He wants to do it all himself. He cooks the burrito himself. He doesn't put his phone away when he's in the kitchen. So when he drops it in the soup, he reaches in instinctively and burns his hands. He lights the barbecue. 
Um, he does. I mean, he's like Wiley e. Coyote. You know, Wiley e. Coyote, the Roadrunner never hurts him. Yeah, it's always Wiley e. Coyote's fault that he's in that situation. So, and Wiley e. Coyote could just not be in that situation, right? He could just don't just stop. Just stop. That's an, that's a good example of a very simple, yeah, um, physical blind obsession. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Roadrunner is I, his blind. Obsession. Yeah, I want the Roadrunner. No matter what, I'm going to get the Roadrunner. I don't care what contraptions I have to buy. I don't care what they do to me. And he's literally a cartoon character. No matter how bad it goes, he just pulls out a little umbrella with a sign that says, you know, goodbye, gets crushed. He's back. He's back. After one fade to black, he's back again. Right? So Wiley Code is just this indestructible poor guy who just cannot get the Roadrunner. Can never get the Roadrunner. <laughs> doesn't, and doesn't understand why he can't get the Roadrunner. Um, and Jim Haggerty is very similar. It's just like, you could get out of this, but you don't. Uh, just you want to do it, and so it's a great it's a great design. It's just wonderful to see because it's so distilled, and it's not a cartoon; it's live action, and it's it's just it's it's like less than an hour. Yeah. And when you think about like comedies, uh, that are funny, like uh, The Hangover or something, um, or even like we were talking about Anchorman, yeah. you know, they they just don't go as far as this. They just no. don't. They don't have the invention. I mean, th- there's no point in a lot of the modern day comedies where a character is pushed to these kind of limits. Uh, they just don't. There's a sort of playing it's safe, almost. And the thing about Porking Across America is it gets quite dark. It gets quite dark with the surgery and stuff. But it's it's one of those things where like I can understand why. You, uh, you want your shows to be a bit lighter and so on, but if you look at things like Frasier, which were very light, those went really far as well. Those would go further in 20 minutes down yeah. the rabbit hole of his fear of obsession or Faulty Towers down the rabbit hole of that than they would. And it's not a question of pace uh, because um, it's not like, oh, well, in 20 minutes you don't have to lower the pace to build back up like you would have to do in a feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean is if you look at where they end up versus where they started... What's the that I that's exactly what I was gonna say. What's the what's the worst thing that Basil Fawlty does? The worst thing he does. Yeah. Um, hide a dead body. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's that. There's the. I don't know how if you can necessarily compare the two. I'm gonna try. Oh, uh, the, I don't the, know where you're going with this. No, no, no. It's not that. I just I, I, the moment where I'd sum up like where you see the character in that point, and the reason it's so hilarious is because of where they started. Oh, I see what you mean. The 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 Nazi marching. Yeah. Right. Is a is a great moment. Right. Where where did he start versus where has he ended yeah. up? I mean that um, that's why it's funny. Your mind goes. Well, yeah. Back, Basil right? the Rat, for example. Uh, the Hotel Inspectors was one that I loved. Uh, the Hotel Inspectors might be one of my favourites, actually, because the Hotel Inspectors starts off with him trying to find out who the Hotel Inspector is so he can, you know, chat him up and, and win him over. Uh, and he thinks it's this one guy in, uh, the, in the hotel. And, um, it's, it, and he's really nice to him, and the guy's constantly complaining, and he's really, really nice to him, and he put, you know, bites his tongue, does all that stuff. And when he finds out he's not the Hotel Inspector, he slams custard pies in his face pours custard down his uh, briefcase just ruins him completely and then just shoves him out the hotel and then he does that in the lobby then he turns around to the three gentlemen 
who have just shown up and realizes that they're the hotel inspectors and screams and you just your mind casts back to the guy who was trying to just put on a good show for a hotel inspector cut to there he is utterly humiliating a man in the most egregious way and then in front of the hotel inspectors like you know it's that kind of thing so uh but it's it's just one of those things where like to to watch the um the progression the comedic progression is really it's a lovely tool for that porkin across america just to watch how the comedy progresses from one episode to the next and takes him so far in so short a time and it's just one of those things where i you know i i i filed it away in my head as in a, as a library example of just well that's sort of an extent that you could go to it doesn't mean you have to go that far yeah or that dark or whatever it's just one of those things where um, I know I know that thing exists and that that's how they did it, and so I can I, I can sit there and go think to myself like, okay, if I'm running a comedy, you know, how far can I push it? And so when uh, when I was with Will and I, who Will's been on the podcast, when we were trying to come up with a sitcom for a BBC pitch thing, um, I wanted to do a farce type thing, and so Will and I were sitting there, we we're trying to come up with. Well, what's the worst... Like, here's the start point. What's the worst possible place they could be at the end of it? Like, how far... Like, if they start here, where do they end up? And a lot of comedy likes to end happy. You like to have the happy ending. It's part of that no one really gets hurt type thing. Happy ending. And what that means a lot of the time is that in comedy, sometimes it's just like nothing really happened. And that's not the same thing, giving them a happy ending. It's not the same as nothing really happened. Uh, a comedy do- doesn't mean, oh, well, it doesn't really matter in the end. It can really matter and still be really, really funny. You can really push things to a certain degree. Um, and with some shows, uh, that's part of the funny a- aspect of it is the fact that they go really far at the end of the episode and the next episode as if nothing happened, which is what happens in um, Philly. Yeah. And it's one of the funny gags in Philly is that uh, the ca- the main cast of Philly are completely unaware of all the lives they've destroyed, but every time a character recurs in Philly, they're worse off as a result of them. So one of the great examples is Rickety Cricket, uh, and you just watch Rickety Cricket. Every episode he's in, he's worse off than the time before because of these characters, and yet these characters don't remember ever doing horrible things to him. And, um, you know, in one episode, these characters will get addicted to crack and they'll be crack addicts. And then the next episode, it's as if never happened. And every now and again, it's like it becomes a blind obsession almost. Their continuity. Yeah. So it's so and it's, I think it's one of the reasons Philly is so beloved is because, it, it, you know, in those 20, 30 minutes, it'll go as far as it wants to. Same with uh, South Park. Yeah. You know, uh, so it's it's just one of those things where it's uh, it's a, just a good example of, you know, progressing a comedic story through points of no return and using that blind obsession to just constantly push it further and further because you have a character who won't be stopped by whatever obstacles you throw up in front of them. And so watching them sort of barrel their way through the obstacles and getting worse off is very funny. They're about fully motivating them. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then you can do what you want with them. Pretty much, yeah. With comedy, it's a special thing. I think you've summed it up perfectly without me having to prod you. I think we're getting <laughs> the knack of this. What are we on now, 74, 75? Something like that.
Yeah. I think I think you can do this without me now. <gasps> no, no, my boy's no. all grown up. <laughs> I absolutely know that that's not true. <laughs> There's no way I can do this by myself. Um, just then to put a button on the end of this, could we um, neatly just sum up each of the tools quickly? Oh, because because uh, we had three, and it's nice just to go over them quickly. Okay. Uh, so blind obsession is uh, the character is sort of uh, unaware of the fact that they can turn away from what they want they they don't it doesn't really occur to them they can't recognize the risks they can't recognize their own nature there's just some aspect to the fact that they cannot tell that they could just stop right that's sort of blind obsession it doesn't hurt uh and it doesn't hurt um to in order for us to laugh not only do you have to be emotionally distant so their lack of self-awareness helps do that but also uh it can't really hurt uh, because if it really hurts and it has real co- real consequence in that way, then um, it stops being funny. And from bad to worse? Uh, and that comedy, because you have a character that's essentially indestructible and uh, blindly obsessed, you have, a, you have a, a framework to really push your character and the limits of what they're capable of doing to see the full depth of who they are. Uh, that in a way you don't necessarily get with drama because the character can always retreat. But in comedy, they can't retreat. So you could see just how far you can go and still keep getting laughs. Which And Porking Across America does it really, really wonderfully. They just push this character to a point that's totally absurd and delightfully in character. It's wonderful. And Brad Holbrook is amazing as Jim Haggerty. And there's five writers and, and the director all did a wonderful job. What a great pork cast. Jeez, <laughs> oh, how long have you had that one? A week. <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent, the pork cast. I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm proud. <laughs> My boy's all grown up. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye.